Thank you for tuning in to episode 30 of Gumbo Nights. I'm your host, Miss Tamala Handy. Today's episode is Leading From Within. Now, you may be wondering what that topic is about. Well, we brought in an expert, a special guest, to share some information you don't want to miss. If you're thinking about your career, how to advance, if you want to start a business, do you want to own it full-time or part-time? Well, Dr. Fatima Pierce is here from Hickman Rose Strategies, and she's done it all. And she's got some wise advice that can really help us all out. So without further ado, here is Dr. Fatima Pierce from Hickman Rose Strategies. for that introduction. As you mentioned, I am the founder and principal of Hickman Rose Strategies, and we are a Washington, D.C. area-based management consulting firm, which means we help service-based businesses and nonprofit organizations with strategic planning, organizational development, uh, employee development, just a hodgepodge of activities in order to meet their goals and really get results. And in addition, we work with individual careerists on uh, coaching and development for how to move up in their careers as well. So thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Well, I love hearing you talk about your business and all of the different services that you offer because you offer a lot of things. And it reminds me of what we do here on Gumbo Nights. Sometimes when we get into business, we focus on one thing. But as you know, and as I know, too, in the world of work and in our career, there's a lot of different services and and needs that individuals have. So I love to hear you talk about all of the things that you're offering. Um, But you have a really rich history when it comes to your career. And I know a little bit about you, but I want to ask you, because you've moved up um, when you were working in the when you were working for someone else and you were able to, to move up um, pretty quickly. So what are some of the pitfalls for those of us who might be working and we want to advance, but we don't know what are some of the things that we need to avoid doing that can prevent us from advancing? Absolutely. And to give you a little bit more insight. So as I mentioned, I'm in the Washington, D.C. area, which is the heart of politics and government and all of that congressional fighting, everything else. So I worked for the federal government starting actually as a high school student. And I moved up very quickly and was engaged in high level positions, which brought me to Kansas City where you are. And I was so thankful that I got to meet you and a great group of women there. But I I started entry level and moved up to the executive level. And um, there were a few things that I would say that propelled me as I moved forward in my career. So I'll talk, I guess, first about things that worked and then maybe get to the pitfalls if that works for you. Oh, it's great. Thank you. Sure. So uh, this, this question reminds me of an interview that I did for a magazine on Women's History Month. And they were asking me about three things that, that helped you implement your vision. And I tried to be catchy, but they really were uh, scholarship, mentorship, and partnership. And so when I say scholarship, I'm not talking about hitting the books necessarily and going to school. 
school and being at the library. But what I meant by that is just that higher level learning that has to occur in order to get to the next level. So I use this example on my uh, YouTube channel when I was talking about this. Even entry level, I knew what the executives were doing because I was asking those questions. I was looking at the job announcements for executives. I knew what my supervisors were supposed to do. I knew what my coworkers were supposed to do. And not only that, I asked people about their stories and their backgrounds and tried to find ways to connect with them and learn from what they did in order to get to where they were. So that level of scholarship, you need to know what you are up against and um, this, take action on how to get there. The second thing with mentorship, we all know what that is. And mentorship has evolved over the years. So it's not just you know an older or more senior person helping a junior person. These are really strategic relationships that help you get to the next level by that that knowledge transfer or not only learning your job or skill, but also those soft skills and learning organizational culture and kind of just walking the walk and talking the talk that occurs within these companies and organizations. And partnership too, which is close to mentor mentorship, but a little bit different in that partnership is really more about leveraging, taking what you have and what you bring to the table and adding or having someone else compliment what they have and they bring to the table and you all both growing together exponentially. So looking for those opportunities to partner. Um, I would say one of the biggest pitfalls to avoid is complacency. We know that these jobs can be a pain <laughs> and that's because uh, the policies are all messed up and the, our bosses can be incompetent or our coworkers can be a nuisance. And so sometimes we actually retreat and say, I'm just gonna ride this thing out. But when we get to that moment, we check out and whether we realize it or not, we're shrinking ourselves. So instead of just kind of going with the flow, I recommend the opposite, which is leaning forward and going all in, asking for those assignments doing things that you wouldn't normally do, like being on that, you know, ad hoc committee, stuff like that to really get you noticed and not just settle for the status quo. It's okay to go after promotions. It's okay to want a new position. Um, I also find that a lot of people have this weird sense of loyalty to companies and things. It is okay to leave a job for another opportunity. Gone are the days where we just work 20 years and retire. So if you're somewhere one or two years, you know by that time whether or not it's a good fit, whether they're going to promote you, whether it's somewhere you want to be. So don't be afraid to move around and take those calculated risks to get to the next level. So definitely avoiding that complacency and um, avoiding falling into the trap that you have to stay in one job. And I'm sure we'll get to others as we talk, but that's, I'll stop there for now. <laughs> well, those are excellent tips, and I, I particularly love how you started off with the scholarship, mentorship, and partnership, because oftentimes we, again, we often just focus on one little thing 
and then we ignore those other areas. So I hope all of the listeners, you're taking notes and taking this all of this in because this is really valuable information. And another question I want to ask you, though, is as a black woman working in leadership, what difficulties did you face in terms of dealing with people who didn't look like you? And if you faced any difficulties, how did you overcome those? Sure, there are always difficulties. And for black women, those challenges exist at all times in all spaces, um, not just in the workplace. So that's the workplace is not an exception when it comes to that. And I think... Um, when we think about our identity as black women, the first thing that comes to my mind is the intersectionality of our race and gender. And I did some research on this, but because we are both black and women, we have dual subordinate traits that we contend with. We're not just black, we're not just women. We are both at all times. And that causes a lot of complexities in the workplace because we don't fit into the prototypical women. We don't fit into the prototypical black people because we are in the unique position of being both having that intersection. And because of that, the world views us differently and we view the world differently. And it's just, um, as I mentioned, at, at any point it can be a a difficult environment to navigate. So some of the challenges for sure um, are just aligned with the stereotypes. When we walk into a room, we're working against the traditional societal stereotypes that people have of us, of being angry, of being strong. So all moves have to be calculated. You have to think about how do I say this so I won't be threatening or, you know, how, how do I wear my hair? How do I dress? How do I not offend someone, even though it's not our fault, even though we're not being uh, offensive or intending to be offensive? It's just how we're perceived. And so every second you're making these decisions on how to really uh, police yourself in an environment. So that can be extremely stressful. Well, one of the ways that I uh, have have dealt with, and I won't say overcome because it's an ongoing thing, is to be really clear and intentional or or have an understanding of myself. We, you'll hear me say it all the time, I talk about being introspective and understanding our strengths, what we bring to the table, what works for us, so that you can operate at an optimal level in your authenticity. So you've probably heard of things like, you know, Myers-Briggs or the DISC assessment or all of these types of strengths finders and personality inventories and leadership style inventories. And one of the most profound for me was when I took the DISC assessment and it analyzed your natural style and your adaptive style, mine were identical. So I had reached a point where I was being myself at all times, and that made things much easier. I wasn't necessarily doing that policing of myself all the time anymore. I was conscious of it, but I wasn't making those adjustments and worried about it. So understanding myself helped helped me engage with others better. Wow. Um, Yeah. 
go ahead. Did you have something else you wanted to add? I was just going to say, starting so young, too, not just being a Black woman, but you have other factors like age and uh, background, you know, being from the inner city versus others who were raised differently. So being in leadership at a very young age, I think, presented a challenge, too, because people are sometimes like, who is this kid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does she know? And why is she my boss? Um So having to deal with that challenge, too, and learning to be assertive and just being so uh, prepared and tight about what you bring to the table that people can't question it. So that goes back to the scholarship piece. I knew my job. I knew their job. Um, I had a clear vision and I was able to articulate it and get others to buy in. So you have to be on point with your experience and um you know, what you're asking people to do to get that respect as well. So I really love what you were talking about when you talk about policing, because so many of us, and I've had to do it in my career as well, we got to think about what we're doing when we walk in the room. But how awesome is it when we get to the point where we no longer have to do that? The person that we're showing up as is the person who we really are. We don't have to change. And so that's something that you accomplished and... I really appreciate you being here for helping us to learn how to navigate those spaces when we feel uncomfortable when we're walking in the room. But in addition to being a black woman at work, tell us how important it is that we need to be able to see people who look like us. Because those of us who don't look like us might not understand it because they see themselves everywhere. But we don't often get an opportunity to do that. That is absolutely right. And what you were just saying about... Um, us getting to a point where we can be ourselves some of that I think was influenced by seeing people like Michelle Obama or Oprah Winfrey or just the whole black girl magic type of movement where it is now a little bit more familiar and commonplace to see black women doing big things and so you're right that representation is so important because for some people you cannot be what you cannot see. And an important piece of mentoring is role modeling. So given what I just said, I'm a black woman, I have a unique challenge as it is being in that space. If I don't see another black woman modeling this behavior, then I'm being set up for failure because when I get there, I won't know how to do it. It's okay to have mentors who are white men or other races and genders, but there's a big difference when you see someone who has the same qualities as you doing it because it gives you a blueprint. And if you don't have that blueprint, it it is much harder. And not only that, um, just in general with kind of the think manager, think male concept where leadership and management is typically reserved for men, when women are in these roles and we're being assertive, we're already being penalized for it anyway. And, you know, being black adds to that uh, phenomenon. And so we need role models and mentors at that level. So I think it's, it's critically important for us to help realize the possibilities, get that vision so that we know that it's possible for us and then have the blueprint as well to know how to do it once we get there or how to do it on the way there. Now you shared with us a lot of information about how you were able to advance and get into leadership roles. And 
what I would like to ask you now, because you mentioned, of course, you have your own consulting company now. So there is a path that you took from getting where, from where you were to where you are now. So kind of share with us um, specifically what made you decide to leave your job where you were and start your own business and what has that experience been like being your own, having your own company? Sure. And, and I would say from the beginning, when I did take that very first job in high school, I knew I was different. I always had a vision (laughs) and my sister kind of teases me. She says, you know, you were born like that. So unlike some others, I always thought I was going to be at the top or in a leader position, or I always like to joke and say bossy (laughs) as a little girl telling others what to do. And so it, it didn't feel all that surprising when I made the leap because I felt like I had it in me. Now I am very much pro career. I'm not the type who says, you know, everybody needs to be in business for themselves and, you know, having a career is is a bad thing. I am certainly pro-career. I love healthcare and retirement programs and all those sorts of things that come with a steady job. So, um, but I do think we get to a point where we we amass so much expertise and experience that we outgrow a career. And so as I, you know, went through leadership training, as I ran an organization, I had a division of up to 100 people um, and a very high impact, highly visible organization. And so after you you go through a, a breeding ground or training ground like that, and you acquire so many skills and you're sitting in these meetings and you're like, wait a minute, I can do this better than anybody in this room can do it. And hey, maybe I can even make more money doing it on my own. And you just kind of well up with wanting to get out there and share your gifts and talents. So I think that's what happened with me, but I did start my business while working full time. I, I don't think that we should or we need to stop a career and then start a business because we need that overlap because being in business is hard let me just tell you that too but I got to the point where I realized I wanted to do something more and because I had moved up in my career I I wanted to start with that career coaching because knowing again my strengths and what I was good at people came to me for my blueprint they would say to me, oh, you're so young, you're in these positions, how did you get there? And I was able to give them advice on what they needed to do with their resumes or what classes they need to take or how to, uh, giving them strategies on how to get noticed or work with their supervisors. And I said, wait a minute, I'm pretty good. So that's what compelled me to initially start with career coaching. And as I said, I started that while working full time. And I was so, um, I don't want to say organized, but definitely focused and driven on what I wanted to do that I was able to balance all of those things at once because I was in school (laughs) at the time. I was in this, in the job where I said I had a hundred people at the time and I felt like I was already at the top of my game because I was doing all of those things. So I said, Hey, why not? start a company right now when I'm at the height of everything. 
And I think the mistake that a lot of people make is we think it has to be neat and tidy and perfect before we do it. So I knew that that was the moment I went full steam ahead. I started it and I just did it um, as a full business. I never had the mentality of this side hustle thing. And I think that's where people get um, lost in their focus because we treat our careers as forefront and we treat our businesses as the background. And I was treating mine as I had a career and I had a business. And so I poured that same energy into it and always treated it as it was my job versus having to pick and choose between a career. And that um, did wonders for me. Um, So your outlook on your business can really change the trajectory of how it works. And I think um, pouring that energy into it made it successful early on. I've only been in this for two years. So in a very short time, I was able to um, develop it to a point where I felt comfortable moving on. And with the support of my family and different things, I was able to move on. So that was really it for me. There's no, um, there's no really... Well, you may have an aha moment, but it's different for everyone. There's no exact milestone that I can point to that says, okay, here's when you know you need to quit your job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or maybe you don't ever need to quit your job if you have your systems in place. Um, So hopefully that answered your question, but that's that's what I would say. We get to a point where we just bubble over and we need to do it for ourselves. And if we treat it with the same intention and energy that we do our jobs, we can make it work for us. Well, that was a, that was a perfect answer to the question. And I, it further proves your point. When we are introspective, then we know, we know what we need to do. We pay attention to what's going on in our, the way that we feel about a situation. We know when we need to move on, it's just, do we have the courage to go ahead and do it? And the timing and all of that, of course, has to be right for it. The next question I want to ask you, though, I think you kind of did a little bit of a pivot well before COVID hit and all of that. Entrepreneurs who are out here now are having to try to shift the focus of their business. Some are even having to get out of business. But what caused you to do a little change in your business and why did you think that was necessary? Yes, so I, as I mentioned, originally started in the career coaching and the career development space, and that was a lot of one-on-one, working with clients on um, pulling out their skills and talents and helping them get into those executive-level jobs or helping them become or get promotions or whatever they were um, seeking in their careers. But I found that that was very draining and I'm one person, I was a solopreneur, you can only have so many clients. And at that rate, I wouldn't have made that much progress because as I mentioned, I'm working. So that doesn't leave a lot of time for clients. And um, it's an energy drain too. And I'm very, I need my time. (laughs) I don't care how busy I am. I'm just that type of person, as I mentioned with the introspection that I need time to myself. And frankly, it was not lucrative. I did not see that it was going to be the type of business that would lead me to my uh, financial or business goals. And so 
in December of 2019, I expanded to management consulting because I felt that I could make a much bigger impact with organizations and businesses directly. So instead of working one-to-one, if I change the culture of these organizations or change the effectiveness of these organizations, that in turn will hopefully roll down to employees and I can still impact career development and help people move forward. But now I'm doing it from the top with organizations directly and I still do career coaching, but only in a group setting or for like high-end clients on a one-to-one basis. And the timing was perfect. No one knew that COVID was coming. But in addition to COVID, we also have, uh, you know, current events where we're talking about race equity and diversity and those sorts of issues, too. And with management consulting and with my background doing research in those areas, I have the capability to work with companies on that, too. So I think it was just... um, a matter of learning as you go and a matter of doing what I always do, knowing what's going to work best for me. And discovering that early on kept me from the headache of being 10 years down the road, miserable, trying to go with career coaching versus immediately recognizing it and acting on it and getting to a place where I want it to be. Well, we really need the type of work you're doing with management consulting, because as we see now with all that's going on in the world, we look at companies and organizations who have not paid any attention to diversity and equity and inclusion. And if they have, it's only been something that's just been written maybe in a strategic plan. So as you talk about changing the culture, it's so important because, again, if we can change the people up top, hopefully that will then trickle down to those of us who can benefit from those types of things and seeing people that look like ourselves. And um, you also had something, you've done a lot, but you've also had something phenomenal, a big accomplishment that you achieved and worked hard for that. So why don't you talk a little bit about your most recent recent accomplishment, what made you decide to do it? So I think we're talking about school, right? Yes, talking about your, your doctorate. Yes. Yes, yes. So I am excited to say that I completed my PhD in February. So I am Dr. Pierce. And um, that indeed was a huge accomplishment. Just more about my story. I'm a first generation college graduate, period. (laughs) And so to go from being in the 12th grade, and, and as I mentioned in the beginning, I was already working for the government in high school. So when I was in the 12th grade, although I had great grades with the cost of college, I wasn't sure that I was going to go. I was just thinking, okay, maybe I'll work and work my way up because I had the vision. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. But I made it to undergrad as 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 first generation. And again, I think having that exposure because I was working for an education organization at the time and being exposed to people with higher level degrees. I said, wait a minute, these people don't have anything more than I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm, and, and this is not with arrogance. I just know that like, okay, I'm just as smart or maybe smarter than half of the people in this room with PhDs. Mm-hmm. And the other 
thought about too was being that example for someone else. You know, I didn't, I didn't wake up saying I want to be a doctor, but I felt compelled to do it because I didn't see enough of us in that space at the time. And I knew that I had, I had the skills and talent to do it based on others that I was seeing that had PhDs with even less skills and talents. And I also thought about if I did have this credential, it sets me up to do other things. Because I do believe in preparation. I do believe in giving yourself the best chance possible. So I said it wouldn't hurt. But um, I think those are the things that that at least piqued my interest to getting into a doctoral program. Now, staying there and finishing, mm-hmm. that took something within me because you, you do get a moment where you're like, why am I doing this? Same with business. Why am I doing this? It's lonely. It's scary. It's hard. And then you have to come back to those core values and your vision and your purpose. And so the degree was no different. I had to say those things that I just said. I'm doing this for someone else. I'm doing this for the return on the investment. Um, Just like with business, I'm doing this because I want companies and minorities to be better in their careers and businesses. So that is what kept me going. And I, I love being in this position to do things just like this, where I can use my voice and my expertise as an expert and a scholar. And I also coach other women who are going through the dissertation process because the the blueprint is not necessarily there for us. Although you do have a lot more black women obtaining these advanced degrees, it's still few and far between when you think about it. Um, Especially if you're in um, like a predominantly white institution versus going to an HBU or something. So yes, I uh, and I've, I've forgotten the question, but <laughs> well, you, I, I I love that you you answered it. It was just about what made you decide to get your doctorate, how you feel about it. So I am Good. so excited that you have decided to join us here because all of the information you have shared is so inspirational, and sometimes we feel like. You know, we don't know anybody that's done it, but we're seeing you. We're getting to hear your story, and we know that it's possible. So I'm pleased um, also to be able to get to know you personally because I've seen you, and I've got to learn and be inspired by you as well. So this is not just for the listeners. This, this is for me, too. So thank you so well, I much. I appreciate that. And, and like I said, I just get – I love doing this. This is me and my element, so I can talk all day about it. Right. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's all so important that we be able, especially as black women, to be able to hear from each other, to encourage one another and support another, because I don't think we take the time to do that. And not often do we even have the opportunities to do that. So this is extremely meaningful. And I hope that everybody is listening. This is possible for us, whatever your choice is, whatever field you want to go into, whether it's working in a career for someone else or having your own business you're hearing from someone who's done it and is doing it successfully and she's willing also to help you in your growth so before we end though I want to make sure that before we go we share how individuals can get in contact with you but the very last question I want to ask is what I ask all of my guests and it is what puts the gumbo in your nights and by that I mean 
what do you do to stay centered, focused, and balanced with all it is that you do? and make it that aha moment or something clicks or someone gets some results based on the advice that I've given them or even in my personal life when I have a positive impact on others that really does it for me I always think about a quote from Mother Teresa it says spread love everywhere you go let no one come to you without leaving happier and so that's the philosophy that I try to live by and in uh, instilling love and happiness on others and also helping to increase their quality of life increases my quality of life and that is just such an amazing feeling because it, it gives you a sense of something bigger than yourself and I really think that is the key also to keeping me sort of grounded is that I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing it for others. I'm doing it to build community. I'm doing it to make organizations better or make people better. And that understanding that I, I have that, frankly, power and influence and just the, the energy to make those things happen is an amazing feeling. Yet... It's uh, humbling as well to know that people trust me enough to come to me and um, take the advice that I've given them. Well, I love your answer to that question. And you've introduced me to something that I hadn't heard of, that quote by Mother Teresa. And it's so timely for right now. We're all in this weird space and being able to focus on other people do something, give back, be of service is something that we need to do all the time, not just now, but we've got a lot of time to be able to do that right now. So I really appreciate your answer. The last thing I want to talk about is some of the services that you offer and what can you help individuals do with their career or other types of things? Absolutely. So management consulting is really broad, but really the, the heart of it is helping businesses and organizations solve their problems so that they can meet their goals. And that includes strategic planning, it includes uh, organizational development, things like diversity and inclusion, human capital, etc. And uh, on the one-to-one -one basis or working more with individuals, I help them with career development and career coaching really through the lens of being introspective and figuring out what you bring to the table and how to use those gifts and talents to manifest the career that you want. So again, I work on two levels with individuals directly and with businesses and government agencies or nonprofit organizations directly because I really think it's a nice compliment to meet people where they are so that they can thrive in organizations and help change organizational culture so that they can help their people thrive. So it's a, it's a nice uh, dovetail. Well, thank you so much, Fatima, for being here. I really appreciate all the information you've shared with us. It's been very inspirational and motivational. You're a very positive person, and we need that kind of energy in our lives. So thank you, and I hope that you will come back and join us. 
how can my listeners get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you? Thank you so much for having me. I would love to continue the conversation with anyone who's interested. My email address is ask at hickmanrose.com. So A-S-K at H-I-C-K-M-A-N-R-O-S-E.com. Or you can just come to www.hickmanrose.com to check us out. You can sign up for our email list or Um, connect with our other social media accounts there and learn more about me and the company and hopefully we will uh, start a partnership together awesome we appreciate having you and we hope that you will come back soon and join us and talk about some of the awesome things that you are doing in the future I sure will thanks so much you're welcome I truly hope that you enjoyed our episode, Leading From Within, with Dr. Fatima Pierce. As always, y'all, please continue to listen, like, comment, share, and subscribe. And whatever you do, make sure that you join me right here for the next episode.